This is one story I may not get to file in person, so I'll have to talk fast, because it's after me. Claustrophobia has long been a part of the human experience, from the Cro-Magnon all the way up to Freud. So if you ever happen to find yourself underground, and I mean deep underground, don't linger in the shadows. That was the voice of reporter Carl Kolchak in the case that we call The Sentry. It was written by L. Ford Neal and John Huff, directed by Seymour Roby, and aired March 28th, 1975. I am Mike White, and I am joined, as always, by Chris Eshoo. You're actually joined by a giant man in a rubber giant monster suit. Holy shit. Holy shit is right. Emphasis on the shit. So, The Sentry is the last filmed episode of Kolchak the Night Stalker. So, this is, we're not to the end of the podcast yet, but this is the end of an era, Chris. And, um, I have to say, I'm a little sad. Yeah, I'm a little sad too. I, I remember the evening where you kind of put the feelers out for anyone wanting to do a Kolchak podcast. And I, I, at the time, that would have been the second podcast that I was on. Um, other than the, my own. And I, I mean, I remember I owned the Kolchak DVDs from a long time ago. My dad bought them for me because it was a show he liked when I guess my dad probably would have been a little younger than I am now. But it is crazy that we've kind of come all the way to the end. Like, here it is, the final episode of the show, not of us. <laughs> We heard about this one when we were doing Mr. R-I-N-G and talking to John Huff, who was the co-writer of that episode. And I remember him saying that by the time they were shooting this, a lot of people had checked out. And I can't say that that necessarily comes through too much in the episode. Um, you made mention of the rubber suit yeah, that could look a little bit better. I kind of wish they had gone, gone a little more Gorn from Star <laughs> I Trek. I wish they would have Gorn a little bit. Or even like the last episode that we talked about where it was Mulder and Scully meet the Wear Monster, that 2000 whatever technology, but that was a sweet costume that Murray was wearing. Yeah. But this one, it kind of feels like something that. Ultraman would have fought. I think they really did themselves a service by keeping this thing in the dark as much as they possibly could. It reminds me of the Star Trek episode with the Horta, where it, it's like all underground and they're touching the thing's eggs. Like That's what it reminded me of. It is a bummer that this is the final episode of the show that was filmed, because it's not good. Well, this episode reminded me a lot of the Machiminito, the whole idea of the building that is being built and having troubles because it's being plagued by supernatural forces. It reminded me of another one, too. And I'm sure as we talk, it'll come to me. But yeah, I was just like, okay, yeah, it feels like very familiar territory. In this one, they're going for the whole hollow earth, lizard people kind of thing. I mean, we've had so many different types of creatures, and this one is playing a little bit into that because we've got this storage facility that is, what, 10,000 feet underground, which I'm surprised that you can do that so close to Chicago. It feels like it would be kind of a little dangerous. I can't see the bedrock being that strong around there, but I might be overthinking this. I think you're doing the job that the writers should have done. Yeah, it's it is it's this weird kind of alluding to 
lizard people underneath the ground, lizard people in the sewers, the mole people. Like, it's very much in that vein. And then you even have, like, the eggs at the end, which is ends up being, like, a very obvious, like, trope to go to. Well, it's just a misunderstood monster trying to get its eggs. It's okay. He just wants his machete back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah. That's the only Jason movie I've seen all the way through, other than Freddy vs. Jason. It's okay. He just wants his machete back. <laughs> oh, God. It's a great line. It is. It is a great line. It's a really weird thing to have a Kolchak episode where you see the monster, and you almost wish you hadn't. Because it is just a guy in a clearly rubber suit. And um, there's a there's a YouTube uh, series um, or a YouTube channel called um, Tested with Adam Savage. And he talks about how, like, when you make costumes, you should not pu- put the support for the the head of the costume on your own head because it looks weird when you move around. And that's clearly what is going on with this costume is the support mechanics for the head of the creature is on the actor's head. And so it's like flopping around when they run, which is even more distracting. The shots of it when it is in silhouette coming towards the camera and you hear the growling, I'm like, okay, that's good. But then, yeah, as you see more, oh, I know which one it was. It was the uh, the one with the primal man and the, the, the fight with the primal man underground towards the end. That's also what this episode reminded me of. That makes sense, too, again, because it's set underground. I mean, setting things underground, kind of a compound. Yeah, and then also the whole idea of like, oh, we are reviving this thing and pissing it off. And Primal Scream was the name of that one. And, you know, it was like, hey, we, we I don't understand this facility that they're at because most of it are these really nice concrete walls. But then there are caves that are part of this thing. And it's like... Okay, like, all right, we're we're gonna build it down to like level N, but after that, fuck it, we found natural caves. We're just gonna leave those there. <laughs> it's like, what is going on here? And there's this weird story too. The scientist who finds these eggs has this whole weird backstory about how he found these rocks in Utah and was sending them back to his lab, but then another scientist wrote his name on the box, and so they got sent to him, and he took all the credit. And I'm just waiting for that to pay off, and it never pays off. Well, and Albert Paulson, who is Ecuadorian, <laughs> is is given the task of trying to do a German-Austrian accent. I think he was maybe Russian, because he's talking about Russia, but yeah, who knows? His his character's name is Dr. Verheiden, which, you know, it's about as German as German can get, I guess, in this show. And his character is really annoying, and not a character you want to spend too much time with, because he's poorly written, and all he does is essentially scream at Kolchak, or anyone for that matter. This episode was strange to me in that I didn't feel the act breaks as much as I felt other episodes. It really felt like this whole thing was of a piece, and it moved very nice once we got into the story proper. And I liked uh, Kathy Brown as Lieutenant Irene Lamont and how 
she was playing the reporters against each other and the way that she was using her looks and things and like, oh, boys, you don't want to have me busted back to traffic and all this kind of stuff. I liked the way that she was manipulating the system. First time we've actually seen a female cop of any sort of rank in this episode, in this whole series. Which is unfortunate because she's the best part of this episode. She's great, right? Oh, yeah. Kathy Brown is great in this episode. Almost makes you forget about the guy in the lizard suit. Almost. You'll notice I said almost. What's worse, this or the headless biker? <sighs> this. Wow. This, because the suit is just, this is, look, we talked about it uh, what feels like a lifetime ago. But remember the werewolf episode? <laughs> How can I forget? You bring that up almost every episode. <laughs> well, it's because it was just so bad. <laughs> The makeup on Eric Braden was just so bad. It's kind of hard to forget. And that's what this smacks of. It smacks of that. Just like really, like it knows that it's cheeseball and cornball to the max. And it doesn't fight it. And I'm normally okay with that. But it is, it's even a little much for this show. I don't know. I can actually look past that because the rest of the episode is so strong to me. I like the whole investigative angle that's going on, the way that Carl is figuring this stuff out, the way that I don't buy that Tom Bosley as Jack Flaherty knew that Carl was something other than a nickel salesman from Albuquerque. I don't buy that. When he says, like, oh, yeah, I knew and I was just stringing him along, I think Bosley's lying there. I don't think he's that smart. I like that he's finding information out from that guy. He's finding information out from the uh, union guy that he is pretending to be a doctor. And we've got, speaking of Star Trek, a guy who I mostly know from Star Trek and the Twilight Zone uh, as our head doctor there, uh, John Hoyt as Dr. Beckwith. I like that. There's actually a little bit more in the script when it comes to that autopsy scene. And that autopsy scene, I have to say, is not handled very well as far as the direction goes, because they actually have to, have to, they have to stick in that line where he turns off, Dr. Um, Beckwith turns off the microphone and then talks amongst the other doctors. And then she has to turn around and say, well, I guess he doesn't want us to hear this uh, this stuff. And it's like, okay. I understand what's going on here, but it's really super subtle what's happening as far as him turning off that microphone. But anyway, there's a little bit more in the script, which is he turns to, to Kolchak and asks for a certain type of saw, and Kolchak looks down at the, all of these inter- instruments and has no fucking idea what it is, and hands something to the guy, and the guy goes... This isn't a Geiger saw or whatever. This isn't even a saw. <laughs> and that's when Kolchak does the, well, it's Wednesday. I'm going to go hit a bucket of balls and runs out of the room. Yeah, the, oh, Lord. I will, I will say this, but I did not dislike this episode. I just can't bring myself to overlook the man in the suit, which is me being a little narrow-minded. One of the weird kind of idiosyncrasies of this episode is Andrew Robinson, who plays... Scorpio in Dirty Harry is in this episode? No, he's not. Okay, because I thought that I saw him, and I saw on IMDb that it says he's in here. But it was just some guy who looks like him? Yeah, I asked him about it, and he's just like, no, I've never been in Kolchak. 
Okay, because like I kept looking at the guy being like, that looks like him, but it's not. So IMDB, get your shit together. Because it's it says he's on there, and I swear to God, that guy looks just like him. Well, then you get the guys on uh, Facebook who are just like, oh, happy birthday to Andrew Robinson. And here's all these pictures. Here he is as uh, you know the guy from Deep Space Nine in this role and this role and this role. And here he is in Kolchak. And it's like, no, I'm sorry, but he, that's not him. Yeah, it, but it, it, I am not crazy. It does look like it. No, it totally looks like him. More so than anyone who's not him should look like him. If people are looking, where is he at? He's he's with the the oh, what's the guy's name? The guy that like Kolchak calls on the phone, right? Oh, right. Yeah, the uh, the guy who ends up shipping him to the place. Kind of looks like him. It does look like him a lot. I can see that. It's like IMDb. Don't just don't let people assign actors to shit that they're not in. Like, come on. I like that whole idea of them shipping him to the place. That's kind of good too. Feels very Scooby Doo. Like the the end of the episode feels very Scooby Doo. I like that this episode starts kind of in situ, where we've got Carl on the run from the creature, and the whole, like, I might not be able to file this one in person, so here I go. I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> like, that's what that felt like. It's very J.J. Abrams. Like, had that uh, continued on, like, had that been the, uh, like, probably, like, the uh, climax of the fourth out of fifth five acts then continued on for like another 10 minutes. That's a J.J. Abrams. That's what he loves to do. See Mission Impossible 3 for more of that. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like two-thirds of the movie is just a flashback. I liked, like you said, I liked everything underground. I like how, this being the final episode, we got to see Vincenzo again. Uh, we didn't get to see Jack Greenwich. We didn't get to see Miss Emily, which is unfortunate. That newsroom is pretty empty. Yeah, it's almost like everybody left. And by everyone, I mean the actual actors didn't want to be in the show anymore. I mean, look, I, I, I can't, I can't help but feel a little melancholy towards the fact that this is the final episode. It was really sad watching this the other day, and I was just like, oh, there's no more to see. Because look, you and I are used to doing a podcast that can run infinitum. I mean, the projection booth, the culture cast will essentially run until either one of us are done. And or probably, in my case, dead. And so, like, they're going to run until they're done. But this is the first time I've done a podcast where there is a definitive, this is the last of it. And that's it. And it is, it is, it's, it's, it's sad. It is sad in a way. I mean, we could start writing Kolchak fan fiction if we wanted and then just read stories to each other. What about Kolchak slash fiction? Oh, Tony. Talk to me, big man. <laughs> Talk to me, big daddy. Don't get your acid in an uproar. <laughs> and then Tony unzipped his pants. <laughs> oh, my God. I also really kind of feel sad that the way this show ends is with Kolchak, Scooby-Doo, like, shagging it out of this tunnel at the end. It's not that it's not a high note. It's just like a really dorky note to go out on. At this point, they knew that was it. But... I mean, they still had a couple episodes written, so they weren't planning at the beginning that this is how Carl's going to go out. And did the monster kill Irene Lamont? You know, that's a good question. Because she just kind of disappears. They're like all in that room, and then the monster Kool-Aid mans its way through the wall twice. Hey, Kool-Aid! Oh, yeah! I'm thinking they should have hired this guy, because he can dig through walls, you know? He's like Charles Bronson in The Great Escape. 
so what I thought was going, I thought there was actually going to be a twist in this episode and it was going to turn out that it was just like a rival someone like fucking with them and that it was going to be a person in a suit. And I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. How about if he takes away Lieutenant Irene Lamont, like the beast taking, uh, you know, Fay Ray away? Oh, like makes her his like dungeon bride? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Is that headcanon now? Irene Lamont is just underground being just like impregnated by this weird lizard monster. I've seen shit like that in an Alan Moore comic. It's pretty weird. It seems kind of H.R. Geiger to me, like, especially if the, the lizard was just, like, implanting eggs down her throat or something. Wow, this took a turn. It did. For the, for the worse. That was worse than the slash fiction, thinking about oh, that. Yeah. Thinking about Irene Lamont being forcibly raped by this monster is awful. I can see her, like, uh, um, Dallas in Alien. Yeah. Kill me. <laughs> where? It, it, oh, you mean in the deleted scene where he's being turned into an egg? Oh, Jesus. That's not canon. And <laughs> Kolchak just goes and murders her. Because we all know Kolchak is okay with murder. Yeah, and he had that torch. He could have just torched her right there. I don't understand why Kolchak didn't just give the beast its eggs back. It's all it wanted. Right. And he's just like, no, he grabs the eggs and like hauls them to the end of this hallway with torches. And then he's just like swinging at it. Like, I didn't... The other issue I have with this episode is normally when we have Kolchak facing the monster at the end, it's very much understood what he's trying to achieve in facing the monster. I don't know what he was trying to achieve facing the monster at the end of this episode. Right. It's not like he had a magic stick to poke him with. No, right? He could have just given the creature its eggs back. He could have just left the eggs in the middle of the hallway and then ran someplace. Well, that's my point. Like, it, 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 the eggs could have been taken out of the... Which, again, also, let's not overlook the fact that this creature can break through walls, but can't open up a metal locker to get its eggs back. Now you're getting crazy. Well, now I'm just using logic. There's a lot of stuff in this episode that's really dorky and goofy, and it's Kolchak, so it's kind of to be expected, but even I have a hard time overlooking some of the stuff in this episode. Like, huge... Like logic jumps, like get like logic, like gaps in logic. I just sometimes I can't get on board with them. Yeah, I would say this isn't at the top of the game. No, but again, it's just it is the disappointment of it all is that this is that final shot of Kolchak running through the tunnels is the last time we see Darren McGavin in that role. <sighs> That's really right? sad. Yeah. Well, aside from that one time in the 2006 show. Oh, shut your face. <laughs> where he shows up. It just kind of stands in. there. Well, let me ask you, when do we want to talk about what our favorite episode of the show was? On this episode or on the next one? No, I think on the next one. I mean, so we can either do one of two things. One is talk about the unproduced scripts. And I think we were talking about having Richard back for that. Richie H? Yes. We can do that, and that can be the end of things, or we can do that, and we can do another thing where we kind of wrap some stuff up and talk about our favorite episodes. We sing memories. Um, it might be a perfect time because I think Cats is coming out right around that time. And then we can talk a little bit about the books if we happen to get to some of those things. But Well, that would take us through the end of the year. That would take us right to th through the end of the year, and then we start fresh in January with our new podcast venture. I think we do that. Okay. So, yeah. So, 
come on back, folks. Next month, we're talking about the Eve of Terror, the Get a Belial, and the Executioners, especially if we can find that Executioner script. Uh, somebody on Twitter messaged uh, Richard, and I'm still waiting for him to actually get the script and shoot that over. So, come on, folks. The fact that a script called the Get of Belial did not get made into an episode is is a missed opportunity. <laughs> I'm still That's waiting a great to title. I'm still waiting to know what Belial, Belial gets. What does Belial get? What are you getting? What does this get? What is the get of Belial? I'm sorry, I just don't get you. Yeah. What is get? Get what? What are you getting? Yeah. I want to thank John Walker for doing our theme song, and I want to thank all of you fine people for listening this long. I think we've been doing this for what, three years now? If you have been here since the beginning, thank you so much. Maybe somebody can tell me how many times Chris has complained about the werewolf episode. <laughs> Maybe someone can tell me how many times people just ignore the fact that I'm on this episode of this show. How many times people ignore the fact that I'm on this show? <laughs> I know what's going to happen now. As far as the authorities are concerned, the events of April 20th and 21st will never have occurred. They, they're going to tell me that if I ever breathe a word of this, they're going to break me like a straw man. Now, what about the sentry? Will its eggs hatch in the warm, dark, dank dampness of its nesting place? Who knows? Maybe the government will find the nest, maybe they won't. We'll probably never know. But if you're in a subway or a pedestrian tunnel underneath a ballpark and you think you hear something moving in the walls, it may not be your imagination. Take my advice. Don't walk. Run to the nearest exit. (laughs) 